I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. You guys, <laughs> you guys, you know what's happening outside your window right now? Um, It's spring. There's like a blue sky, like robin's egg blue. The robins are back. Have you noticed? They're uh, in our bird oh, bath. Like, oh, I know, because they're outside my window every morning at what, 5, 6 a.m.? Going, hi, hi. Actually, my neighbors have come back from their long winter break. Oh. The geese. So, <laughs> oh, I was like your neighbors. No, the geese. The geese are in the pond. I mean, ice is out on my pond. Yeah. So the geese are the back. Cardinals are singing. They're they're hanging out. They're totally chatting it up. It's and like on my drive this morning, I was like, wow, there. Everyone was out running this morning. Yeah. Everybody was out. I was like, this is this is it. We've creased it. We've I, turned the corner. I think. And that's uh, maybe I, that was maybe Icarus a little too close to the sun. Sorry. <laughs> A very Icarus reference, English major. Yes, well, I do I love, love it. that. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I have a confession. <laughs> and I'm going to only confess because I've already confessed to Stephanie privately. Yeah. But I'm going to confess to everybody that maybe listened to the podcast or maybe listened to the show last weekend. I hope you listened to the show. Yeah. I did see Wolves Gal last night at Italian Eatery, which I'll talk more about in the top two. And she was like, oh, my God. She introduced me to, I think it was her husband. And she was like, these are the people that I listen to every Saturday morning. He's like, I could tell. I recognized the voice. I got a couple of those at the Twins game, too. So yeah. guy's like, my wife thinks you are her best friend. And I'm like, maybe we are. <laughs> maybe we are. Um, so, okay, here's what happened last week, just to have full confessional. And I, I can tell you this story because I told it to Julia last night from Lori and Julia on my talk, and we both laughed about it. So, yes, last week we had a great show. We yeah. talked about all kinds of Easter things. And towards the end of the show, Stephanie was really recounting, like, places you can go for Easter restaurants. Right. And before that segment, we had talked all about vintage dishware. And I'm really crazy about it. I just did a spot for Goodwill you know, I love like the dance enamelware. Yep. I've been buying a lot of vintage dishes when working on the cookbook for photography purposes to make it look interesting. And I have like a bunch of grandma dishes and both my parents, my both my parents are dead now. So I'm starting to get some of that stuff. So vintage dishes and glassware and it's kind of on my mind. Yeah. And I loved like I ate at Muriel and they have these beautiful vintage dishes and Jamie Malone's whole petite atelier is all about these beautiful plates. And so Easter's coming and I've been thinking I'm entertaining and I've been thinking about the Easter table so while you were doing your Easter rundown last week, we had finished the segment on vintage dishes and up on my computer is popping up like ads that are serving up for me. Like, hey, here's these pink oh, goblets. You, yeah. Have you seen this? And like, wow, look at this dish. <laughs> hey, look at this uh, uh, vintage embroidered linen. Yeah. And during the show, uh-huh. I was inadvertently shopping. 
I bought, this is what I bought during your segment last week, which is so rude. Let me just say it's rude. I bought like a Danks, a dance, huge orange pot. I should put a picture of this. I bought a um, set of vintage linens, a tablecloth, a bunch of pink plates from Food 52. I bought uh, some goblets and basically bought all the things from my Easter table and during the show, and during, during the whole, part like, yes. where I am looking at her and saying like, and what about this? And she goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's looking down and ignoring me. And sometimes this happens, you guys. And I feel like sometimes it happens when there's a family crisis. You know, someone had called yeah. you a couple times. And yep. so I was like, maybe something's going on. So I'm just going to let it roll. But you just were ignoring me. And we get done with the show. And she's like, well, the show's done. And you didn't even say you goodbye. Didn't and say I was goodbye. like, oh, my gosh. You're right. I shopped. Yeah. I shopped through your whole segment. I'm two, so well, you sorry. Through two, two segments. segments. Let's be clear. You shopped through my restaurant segment, and then the locals to love, you were also not present. That's correct. <laughs> and I feel bad. So I was like, I apologized to Steph, and we laughed about it. We laugh and about it because... Each week, as things have look, been coming in the mail that I bought, I've thought you've... fondly of you. Okay, good. <laughs> All of my stuff has now arrived. Yes. No, we come to the show every day. Every Saturday, we come real, and we come different. You know what I mean? And some days, I'm on fire, and some days, you're on fire. Fire, and yes. some days you may need to sit back a little and some days you need to shop I guess so I so don't know I was telling Julia about this last night we went out to dinner and I was like she was saying like how much she loves the show and how she listens every week and I was like well I don't know if you noticed last week but I kind of got busted I was shopping which is so rude and like I go we were just laughing about it and she goes I do that to Lori every week <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh god Oh so God. I was coaching Kurt this week. His book, the paper, the actual hardcover book has arrived. It goes on sale officially March or May 3rd. You can do pre-sale. It's called The Barons. It's the cook, the book, not a cookbook. It's a fiction book that he wrote with my daughter. And we were talking about podcasts. Yeah. And I was like, well, my biggest advice I can give to you is like, <laughs> have your phone turned face down. Yep. Don't have, don't sit in front of your computer watching notifications. Cause I'm like, because you can tell when people aren't present. And I recounted you the story did. and he goes, God, I was wondering what all these boxes are of stuff that arrived this week. Oh my I was word. like, well, I bought all my Easter dishes during all my vintage dishes, all on Etsy during, uh, during the, the show. show. Yeah. So, so that's my confession. That's all right. And again, you know, it's like, we all kind of, you know, everyone needs to kind of zone. I mean, Lord knows, I think every single person can identify with a camera off moment during a Zoom over the last couple of years where maybe perhaps you were also like making a tuna sandwich or, you know, doing yes. something else because I do not trust camera off. If I'm doing a podcast with someone and they have their camera off, you think I, they're not there? I, I say like, you know, Just I don't we're not using this video for anything. So I'd love to look at you because mm. I feel like it's too easy to not be present. Yeah. Well, you can tell, although some people are so distracted. I will say this. The other side of it is some people are so distracted by their own face that they end up, you know, staring and thinking so much about like, how do they look? How are they looking when they talk that they can't get the words to the communication? Right. This is how I noticed that yeah. I have two ear wrinkles <laughs> that I was talk showing stuff this morning. Wrinkles. I realized in Zoom that I have like a giant crease in both of my earlobes that look like my, because I had my ears pierced, that my ears collapsed. And I wear my hair up and stuff. And I just was like, wow, that's so weird. What is that? It looks like a giant wrinkle. So I was at Dr. Beth, uh, who is uh, Jason's endorser for Skin Rejuvenation Clinic. And I was like, hey, look at my ear. And she goes, oh, I can just put some filler in there. She like 
rebuilt my ear. I should actually post pictures of no, it. No, don't do it. Don't, it, don't, it, don't post don't. pictures. People, as much as you want to talk about your ear, my ear wrinkles rebuilding. and stuff, can we not? People don't really want to see it. And now I'm going to get emails from everyone going like, no, I want to see it. I want to see it. And they're going to think it happened to you. I know. Which is the best please, part. And you're going to be like, no, I am not the girl with the ear wrinkle. Stephanie March did not get Botox in her ear. Stephanie Hansen yes. did. And it so. was filler. And it was just filler. Just to be clear. Okay. But so there you I'm go. not opposed. If she wanted to put Botox in there, I would have said fill her up. Okay. <laughs> so that's our show. And you know what and we're going to do? Show. Who our first guest is, is Robin Aspel, who's the plant-based chef, who is like all about like plants and sustainability. And I'm pretty sure she's probably not putting filler in her face. In her, I guess to me, if we're going to say one more thing about the ear loves is like, that's just a low hanging like, fruit in not, terms not of appearance. Fruit. Yeah. It's like, I don't, why care about your earlobe? You know what I mean? Uh, in it's a, weird a good way. question. Like, why care about that? You've actually had that crease in your ear for a long time. And you were like, yeah, because I've it's a natural it. part of your yes. self. Like it's just part of yourself. Well, now it's a natural part of myself. That's gone. Okay. That only, you know, was there. That only I know was there. And All that's right. the weekly dish. And how we go. roll. So how we roll. Seriously. We have a great show though. We do. We have a lot of stuff coming up today. You guys, we're going to talk, uh, beside you just mentioned Robin Asphalt's on the show. I'm going to dip into the twins food. Cause I was at the twins yeah. stadium for home opening yesterday. P.S. Brilliant move by the management to wait a day. I mean, yeah. Thursday weather versus yesterday weather was just a world of difference. Just a totally great. And it was really nice. I'm just going to preface to say hanging out with all the people excited to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just it was a really nice moment. It was outside. It was wonderful. We're also going to talk uh, Easter peeps and things like that. Peeps. And then we have a really great guest coming out. We have Brian Nation from Keeper's Heart from the O'Shaughnessy Distillery in town. And they've got a new iteration that we both tried, a new uh, whiskey. And we're going to talk about that. All right. We got a great you show. are listening to The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Hornitos Tequila. It is tequila time. Ranch water. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks to Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa for bringing us back in. Did you watch them at the Grammys? I, you know, I don't watch the Grammys. Remember? Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, but it was I, good. it's not a big deal. But I did see, I did scroll through, and Dua Lipa looked hot. Yeah, she looked great. She looked great. Speaking of looking great, Robin Aspel. Hi, Yay! Robin. How are you? Robin, you there? Hi. Oh, hey, Ryan. Robin, you are. I just called you Ryan. Uh, Robin, you are a plant-based <laughs> chef. You're not Ryan. You're Robin. How are you, Robin? I'm good. Happy Saturday. Happy Happy Saturday. Saturday. And it's a great Saturday because it's like blue sky out for a second. Nothing makes plants happier. But Robin, have you noticed like I was in my garden and like my chives are growing despite my not tending them at all or even looking at them. Things are growing. It's so exciting. I I love the thing here where it delays, but then everything explodes, right? In a month, it'll be so green out. It'll be lovely. Yeah, we'll get, uh, it'll start to happen too because the sun. So Robin has a new book. It's called Vegan Meal Prep. And Robin, you've written so many books about plant-based eating and vegan meal prep. You made a comment to me about meal prep in general, which was like, it's half the battle of eating well, right? That's right. You, in all these things, you have to set yourself up to succeed. You know, if yes. you don't prep, you're just going to fall prey to hunger and random eating events, you know? <laughs> so if I were to look in your refrigerator right now, Robin, because I think you're such a good, clean eater, what would I find? Huh. A million kinds of sauces and condiments. Okay. <laughs> I like condiments. I like sauces. <laughs> lots and lots of stuff like that. Um, let's see, I'll go around the fridge there. There's almond milk, there's, um, 
always lots and a huge nuts. You know, the meat drawer in my fridge is full of nuts and seeds and um I always have some I have some leftover cooked uh quinoa yep. rice mixture. I have some sauces actually that I prepped. Um I w- I've been fooling around with making some simmer sauces, so I have a, a lovely tikka masala sauce that's in there ready to go. Yum. And I always have – see, I do so much recipe development that I always have leftover food that I've been testing. Yeah. So, always. So when you make, like, a, like grains, for instance, like when you make a batch of quinoa or we talked about millet, we've talked about farro, do you, like, always make extra so that you have it during the week to use in other things? Absolutely, because, you know, as long as you're cooking it, you know, it's it's just true with everything. You know, if you think of it, if you're going to even just, you know, saute onions or roast vegetables, just, you know, double it and put it in the fridge and you're just, you're that much quicker, you know, you're that much closer to a meal. And you go in the fridge and say you've got some cooked blitter quinoa, you, you can warm that up for breakfast with a little fruit, you know, yep. it's it's... You know, it's just ready to go for everything. Like make your own like little Manoman porridge, but instead of Ooh, wild rice yes. with a different grain. <clears throat> we talked about that for a lot of younger folks, and maybe I'll just use under 40 as a general statement, <laughs> that they're eating plant-based for their health, but they're also eating plant-based for like the sustainability of the environment or trying to get more plants into their diet. What do you find is the number one reason that people like decide to go plant-based diet? I'm really, you know, there's a core group of people who are in it for the animals, absolutely, who go vegan and they are vegan, you know, but there are more and more people, a big growing group of people who, you know, are aware of what is going on with the environment and just want to do their part by eating lower on the food chain, eating more plants. So I'm really seeing a lot more of that. Are there vegetables or plants that you feel like people have yet to discover or you're excited about? Well, we are lucky here that, you know, I shop at the St. Paul Farmer's Market and there are all those wonderful um, Hmong growers there who bring in vegetables that a lot of um, Americans don't know that much about. You know, there's just gorgeous, those long beans, asparagus beans, uh, the little tiny uh, eggplants. And uh, I find those very exciting. So there's a lot you can do when you just shop at a different, you know, shop from a different nationality. Yep. And do you, okay, so th- have you seen the meme, like, about cauliflower that is basically like, did anybody ask cauliflower if they wanted to be all these things? <laughs> and I feel like sometimes we get into a space where, like, oh, you know, we find a vegetable and we try to make it, like, be everything to us. Is there something, oh. I mean, yeah, you can, I'm sure you know this, but like. Brussels sprouts. I know, right? Nice to meet you. But is there anything that's coming that you can say, like, oh, my God, watch out for everyone's fascination with X? Is that, is there a trend you Next- see? The next hot vegetable, I don't know. I, You know, it's just so funny to me because, you know, when you're already eating all these things and then all of a sudden somebody gets, a, <laughs> you know, picks the one that's going to be the star, you're like, wow. You're like, so wow, I've been eating that. Yeah. We, we, we've kind of survived. The most absurd thing I've seen le- recently is there's this woman on TikTok and Instagram who did calls it lettuce chips. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> She's using it as dip. Like she yeah, makes she the just, dressing and then t- uses lettuce as like dip. Or like she just yeah yeah it's just you you just toss you just break romaine lettuce into things that are large enough to you eat with your fingers toss it with a little dressing and then call it a chip so okay so it's like a vehicle <laughs> for sauce yeah yes <laughs> on the so cover if you want to eat with your hands okay. yeah 
On the cover of your vegan meal prep cookbook, there is something that I'm obsessed with. I love mason jars. I put everything in them. <laughs> you do. And it's it's so great to make green bowls or breakfast bowls in a mason jar. Robin, is that part of one of your recipes? Oh, yeah. There's plans in that book. And, you know, I also have a bowl book, you know, called Great Bowls of Food, which is still out there on Amazon. And, uh, you know, you just pack things in your mason jar, and it's a great method if you're into mason jars you know you can do your overnight oat soaks i've got those in jars you can do too um and so you can just set yourself up again and you can go in there grab that jar and run out the door we were talking about two robin and robin has like 11 cookbooks by the way like she's written a million cookbooks and that in and of itself i admire you so much for doing that you and i were laughing about that you have a whole like 300 blender recipes that were inspired by your Vitamix. And I was saying it's like the tool in my kitchen that I love, but I use it probably the least. So what are some quick ways that you use your Vitamix more? Boy, it is just, you know, I mean, anything you want smooth, you know, so it's just absolutely great for sauces because the thing with the Vitamix is it's so powerful that if you let it run longer, it actually heats the food. Yeah, I love that idea. So, you know, you can just throw, you know, some vegetables in there and make a soup, you know, or a sauce. You can make all these fabulous sauces um, out of plants, you know, again. So, you know, one of my tricks that I like to do is, you know, instead of thickening, trying to thicken a soup or a sauce with flour and a roux, is just add either some grain or potato, you know, cooked and puree that with it. And that thickens it in the same way that using flour would. Oh, that's smart. So do you like, let's say you're going to do that with potato. Can you freeze those in like cubes so that when you're making them, they're always handy? I suppose you could. Sure. Yeah, I never thought about that. But or having like doing that as a leftover for mashed potatoes, I always make dumplings. But Robin, you've got so many great ideas. The new book is the vegan meal prep book, a five week plan with 120. How many? 125 ready to go recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are a machine. She is. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I've got a lot of recipes up on my website at robinasbill.com. And I have a YouTube channel, Robin Asbill Plant-Based Chef. Great. So I just got recipes all over the place. You do. I watched a couple of your YouTubes, too. So you are a local treasure. Robin, thank you so much for being on Weekly Dish. We appreciate it. And go buy our books, you guys. I'll put a link up to uh, her page on the Weekly Dish show page. Bye, Robin. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Listen, we're going to talk about something that is kind of a regular thing that uh, is sort of a maybe it's maybe it's not uh, like an everyday thing for you. Maybe it's an every maybe not even an every week dish, but definitely everybody has an opinion about it. And it's tuna salad. We're talking tuna, kids. Now, this sparked me because there was an Allison. Allison, there was an Allison Roman. That was funny. Uh, she puts out a newsletter. You guys know Allison Roman. We've had her. We've talked about her at dining in New York Times <coughs> and Bon Appetit person. And now she does her own thing. She's got a Substack. She's got a newsletter. Um, so she did a post called um, I think the 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 tuna salad post on her home movie things. But I love her post was the only public mayonnaise appreciation you'll ever see from me. That's what her newsletter was titled. And I thought it was real. I thought it was great. It hooked me. I clicked in. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. So I put the video that she made online. Um, I put it on the Facebook page. So about tuna salad salad. 
Um, but I want to talk about tuna salad because it is really interesting to me about how this is maybe one of those weirdly kind of American dishes. Maybe it's not if you think about it from the Italian and the French side of things where, you know, tuna and canned tuna was always a part of, you know, preserved tuna was de- is definitely a part of the cuisine. But in America, it's sort of a canvas, I feel like. And it is. So let me ask you this. First of all, yep. I want to know, do you make the same tuna salad every time? No. Okay. Now I want to know what your go-to tuna salad recipe is. Because basically, this sort of tuna salad, a recipe for that is really throw everything in the bowl, right? Mayonnaise, mustard, pickles, onions or chives, or dill. Or dill. Uh, salt and pepper and a hefty dose of lemon juice. Okay. And so now is there any of those things you said you don't make it the same every time? Are there any of those things that are like absolute, like you can't make it without it? Lemon juice. It's the lemon juice. Yeah. Like, so you could leave out mayonnaise and do something else in there. Yeah, Cause sometimes I make it with no mayonnaise. So you it's don't. lemon juice. It's more of a vinaigrette. Yeah. That like maybe is on a salad or, um, in the summertime, if you have good tuna in a can, cause there's good tuna in a can in Europe. If we're on a sailboat, oh, because you get tuna there or fish in cans that can you is get in like olive a, oil. Yes. Oh my god, I never even thought that. While yes. you're sailing, you can get canned tuna of a better variety than we've ever had. Way. Oh my god. And so I, you, don't, I have a whole moment of jealousy right now. Yeah, because you don't put mayonnaise on that, and no, you don't you're need sailing to. and it's hot, right? But you have that like, and you can even make it like a tartare kind of, yeah, with a cracker. Yeah, well, that's how a lot quick, of people quick food eat that i think across the world it's just a canned fish just like sardines or yes, like you know anchovies anything and mm-hmm. so it's the same thing and for some reason in america we make it into this thing but then there's people who have religious feelings like you must chop pickles into it you have to have and then are the pickles like dill or sweet right or are Is they cornichon yeah oh, can you make it a rel- you know for me and i will say the the tuna salad that i raised my babies on was always um, let's see. Well, I put in the mayonnaise and I put in the lemon juice and then we add in chives, capers, yum, and um, salt, gar- like a little teeny tiny, like smashy garlic situation, like one clove, smash it up, you know, and then throw that in there raw. And then that's, and then that's it. And then salt and pepper, lots of salt. I like a lot. I like a lot of salt. So that's like, and then I have to eat it with Triscuits. <laughs> see, but then it's a vest, uh, vehicle. It it's is. almost like a tartare. Right. But. Here's the thing I remember most about tuna salad. And have you had it with a dill triscuit or with a rye triscuit? I so I am a triscuit purist. I don't want any of your iterations. I just, Not even the rye. The rye I would do because the rye it's, is don't like give rye me your, bread. Yeah, I don't give me your flavors. Yeah, don't give me I your can garlic see and whatever. That you don't no. want to have the flavor, but no, don't overlook the rye, you guys. Okay. That's life changing. That's life changing. And you can make little Rubens. Oh, just like a little that. corned beef, yeah, a little cheese, and okay. A little, yeah. Okay, so what I the thing about tuna salad though too is like if you think about it, it is this access of easy elegance because it's relatively cheap protein. If you think about what you're getting, sure. I mean, cans of tuna have gone up. They definitely are more than the seventy nine cent can of tuna that I remember buying. You know, when my kids were little, they're now like a buck fifty or you know more. The more they're more like a two dollars can, and the good stuff is more expensive as it should be, right? Um, but I think about it in terms of the fact that because it is a vehicle and because it is an, an affordable protein, I feel like there's something there that makes it um, 
you know, sort of a part of your personality. And that's why we like feel that we need to be able to do things to it. And it becomes yours. Right. And you're like, and and this is the whole thing about recipes, right? Because did who invented like if you have a tuna salad recipe in a cookbook, right? Whose recipe is tuna salad? This is so interesting. And you become it becomes a weird part of your identity. And I'm not saying like tuna salad is who you are, but I am saying we ascribe this thing where then you say to someone, oh, like here's a tuna salad. And they were like, it's not tuna salad yeah, because for them. And so anyway, this whole thing about there's one of the things that Alison Roman did in her post was she advocated for Hellman's mayonnaise. And I thought this was so interesting. They were like, this is just an ad for Hellman's. She's like, it is except for that. They didn't pay me. <laughs> She's <laughs> and like, what's wrong with Hellman's? But this is the point. People expect things. They expect Alison Roman to add, you know, to be like all oh, Duke's mayonnaise and all the, you know, the highfalutin sh- that she makes her own. And the point is, is part of her identity needs it to be Hellman's mayonnaise. Yeah. Like that's something that cleaves to your heart and your soul. And I kind of love that. And it's so humble, this tuna salad. And like Duke's is a good mayonnaise. And love it's Duke's. perfect for lots of things. But I don't know that that feels like a tuna salad to me. Does I it- think it just has a little bit of lemony kick that you add with your lemon anyway. But Duke's is hard to find up here in the north. Let me be clear. Like sure. We don't have a Duke's tradition because it's not on all of our shelves. And I think that if we did, if it was at the supermarket, like regularly, I think more people would go for it. You know? But... um. And what's like, and how about Miracle Whip? Like, can we just pretend that that never has graced a tuna well, anything in our whole lives? You know what I mean? Oh, oh, God, Kurt loves a Miracle Whip tuna salad. And really? occasionally he'll bring like a little teeny jar of that home. Like, get that out of my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you put that on your side of things. Yeah. That goes with your, I don't know, his weird relishes. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny to me how like. People like you think of salmon and you think of like salmon on a bagel with like and you think about it with the creme fraiche and you Yum. have the capers and the red onions and stuff. Well, salmon, it's like smoked salmon and tuna. Not that much different. But, but like, you really don't. You would you never can, take a salmon. Well, you might take canned salmon to make salmon I've had salad. Canned salmon, canned salmon. And also there's canned chicken. Yeah, I don't. Canned salmon and canned chicken. And the canned chicken is right by the tuna. I know. I don't feel, I don't have any feelings for canned chicken. And I think it's because I eat chicken in so many other forms. And also, like, I almost can't reconcile the fact that my canned tuna is the same as, like, my sushi tuna. You know what I mean? Like, those are different animals in my mind. Can you separate a bag of tuna on the shelf from a can? No. And I don't know why. I know. I I feel like bag tuna is real weird. I can't get there. I can't either. And I don't, but I don't know. I mean, it's so dumb. It is like, real stupid. Is it better to have it in a leaden can? Probably not. Probably not. No, when I see a bag of tuna, it will, if it it's in my weird. house, it will sit on the shelf forever. Here's the other thing, though. When they have the pre flavored things, like the pre flavored bags of tuna, yeah. like the lemon yep. pepper tuna. Also, I will address my tuna. Thank you. I will take my <laughs> tuna you. to a different place than I wanted to. And I just, like, the idea of that to me is like, no, thank you. But I also understand, again, I have a memory of. Um, you know, when times were maybe tougher in my household and, you know, we had post-divorce things happening yep. and, and my mom was stretched to the limits. And I remember there were times when we had tuna salad was dinner. And I remember my mom would take a big old piece of iceberg lettuce and make like a clamshell. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it oh, had yes. this like big fan and there was a little <laughs> thing of tuna salad on top of it. And I was happy with that. And I was it was it dinner. was dinner and yeah. it was fresh and it felt good and I got full and, and I look back and I think I was, you know, I had nutrients in me and we stopped for a moment and we ate together. 
And I think like how that is, it's such a humble, small thing that we take for granted. It's funny. I have a whole like article in my cookbook about filler. Yeah. And this is filler, right? So I always have like a macaroni salad, a coleslaw, like because you need things to go with your proteins, whatever that is. And if you're feeding lots of people or if you have 10, 12, 15 people at a cabin, the food bills are crazy. I suppose that's true. So I'm always like a tuna salad with macaroni noodles or even with like a cabbage slaw. Yeah. Is, it's like one of the fillers. Yeah. So yeah. you might have, you know, ribs or burgers or brats, but I've always got lots of fillers. Yeah. I, you know what? I just think that it's, it's a thing that you can count on, but then it's also special. Like it's a filler, but it's also special because it's, a nostalgic it's yours memory. Yeah. and it's yours because you put the cornichon in. You decide that there'll be onions and celery in there. All that stuff is yours. And the last thing I'll say before we take a quick break and then we'll take your calls at, at uh, for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. The last thing I'll say is as we go back to work, just remember, leave the tuna at home. Okay. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Spoken from a gal who worked with Donnie Love who ate tuna at work every day. Oh. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We can talk about your weird office smells yeah. coming back, and also what <laughs> you put in your tuna. I'm happy to hear it. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Weekly Dish. Six five one six four one one zero seven one is our phone number. Six five one. Six four one one zero seven one. I had to stop and think for a minute because you, you know I've given that out my cell so phone great. on the show a million times. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll take your calls live. Uh, we'd love to take your calls on the air. I want to hear, like, what are you guys making for Easter? I've got Easter on the brain now that I ordered all my dishware last week. and We have a, an idea from Beth. Okay. She says, you have had cookbook swaps. I think you should have a dish glassware serverware swap. Oh, Many of us have items from yes. other mothers, grandmothers, aunts, and have no one to pass on to. I would love an opportunity to give these items to others who share a joy of entertaining and just fun ways of serving food. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is Beth. a Beth. Great idea, Beth. Okay, I'm going to totally work on that. Dish swap. Yeah, and it's we could do swap. it at like a Goodwill where but they've got space. But that one would have to have a little bit more like, you know what I mean? Books, we get so many, like you'd have to have We like, could do it at a place where people can just leave their donate. If it doesn't get swapped, it just gets donated right there on the spot. Yeah. Oh, see, we're going to workshop this one, okay, Beth. We're Thank you. It, That's Beth. a great well idea. Done, well done. Love it. I know. I like that idea a lot. Um, okay, we had some questions come in last week. We talked about the ice cream truck. Um, <laughs> someone wanted to talk about scones. Someone wanted us to know, we talked about scones last week, Yeah, that you should really try clotted cream with scones. Oh, yes. All the time. And clotted cream is just cream that's been like ricotted. Uh, What's the difference between a clotted cream and a ricotta cheese? Uh, um, you know, there is something, I, we, we always do lemon curd. That's what my mom, oh, God, you know, I guys? love lemon curd. But basically, clotted cream, this is, I just wanted to make sure that I was saying it the right way, is a thick cream made by heating full cream cow's milk using steam or a water bath and then leaving it in a shallow pan to cool slowly. At this time, the cream content rises to the surface and forms the clots. Hence the name. So there's no vinegar added to it. It's just the temperature no, and the cooling of it that makes it clot. Full, yeah, it's it's the and using the steam. Okay, you know it's like a steamed. You know when you steam eggs, it yeah. gets that custardy thing. It's the same idea. Because ricotta it has to have an acid added to it. Yeah, and ricotta acid. is. Did you just hear how I said acid? acid? It's separating the curds. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. I do have to acknowledge that I have an amazing recipe for lemon curd at stephaniesdish.com. So if you're a lemon curd person. My mom is a lemon curd person. Oh, me too. Yeah. I just love lemon curd. It's like one of those just 
joys of life that once you have it, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Why haven't I been eating lemon curd my whole life? I know. And I always make it for a tart. And what is lemon curd? Just so that people know. Lemon juice, sugar and butter and eggs. Egg yolk. I was going to say it has to have egg egg yolk because otherwise you're just... You're just eating butter. Lemony buttery, butter. Lemony butter. Actually, you're eating beurre blanc. <laughs> Sugary buttery lemon. Uh, oh, we have a good call from Shannon. Hi, Shannon. How you doing? Welcome to the program. Good. How are you? Great. Great. What can we help you with today? So I'm looking. I know you worked on some cookbooks. I'm looking for an idea. My grandma passed away at 101, and I have all of her handwritten recipes. And wondering how to best chronicle them or save them you know maybe for the family make a book or something i'm just looking for ideas yeah so do you want them literally to show like her handwriting on the card or are you thinking about creating more of like your own self-published book probably the more own self-published book okay and then maybe some photos you know with her you know maybe thinking of doing photos with the handwritten recipes because i have a lot of stains and stuff on them as you know (laughs) when you're cooking yeah so I always use blur. I've been using blurb for a couple of years. Blur. You just okay. go to blurb.com and they know how to make books. You know what I mean? Like your best, your photo books, however you want to do it. You can format okay. them. I've made cookbooks for my kids that way for your mom, for your recipes. I would scan them. Okay. Here's my great app that I learned yep. when my dad died and we had to scan a bunch of old photos. Okay. And it works really great. It is just the Google photo scan app. Okay. And what it does, I used it for the cookbook. You know how you can like scan on like your Dropbox or whatever, but the resolution isn't great. Google, it like has you hover over the picture and you go into each corner of the picture, a white dot appears. And so you like follow the white dots and it takes like that picture and makes like eight pictures of it and then blends it all together. So the resolution is crisper. Awesome. It's crazy. But Because I think it'd be cool if you could have the original card with the stains and everything on it and then the recipe typed out. Right. So the Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because it's it's nice to have her handwriting there also. Absolutely. I have found some of my dad's handwriting recently and I'm so glad I have it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. I've just been thinking about it for a while and wasn't sure how to even approach it. Yeah, there you go. I found this app and I used it to actually scan pictures that are good enough quality to go in my book. So, But then use, yeah, then use Blurb to create an actual book out of it. Okay. Love it. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. 651-641-1071. Go ahead and give us a shout if you have questions. We can take care of you. Um, I did want to say that we have, um, uh, I wanted to mention that, you know, you and I had talked about uh, watching the Julia show on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if anybody else is watching it. Um, and I just wanted to say that Helen Rosner of The New Yorker just posted a really interesting article about it, about just kind of watching the show. But I have to say, this Sarah Lancashire's, you know, uh, portrayal of Julia is marvelous. And I love it because she's, physical in that way like she is a big person and that was so much a part of julia's you know from what i understand her you know persona was that she was this large woman in a time when you know tall and and sort of manly women were not necessarily i mean that wasn't what was expected out of you know you and so i think that it was just she plays her physicality and the voice is so good oh i love it love it 651-641-1071. We have a question from Meg. Hi, Meg. How you doing? Hi, Meg. 
Hi, good morning. What can we help you with today? Good. Um, so my mom's birthday is on April 19th, and she always made the best chicken kiev with the butter yes. roll right in the middle of the chicken. So we want to take, they live in St. Paul, we want to take her to the best chicken kiev restaurant we can find. Moscow on the Hill. Yep. What is it? It's called Moscow on the Hill. It's on okay. Selby Avenue. It's in St. Paul. They have a gorgeous patio out back, and they have heaters and blankets if it's nice enough. But they have a wonderful chicken Kiev. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great day. Can I also shout out? You can. I, I also yeah. think that it's so easy to um, make that dish. You know that, that there's yep. something you can. You know, it's it's an easy thing to do, and it's 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 easier than you think. I guess is what I'm saying. If you ever wanted to try it at home. Okay. Well, thank okay. You. Thank you, Stephanie. Yep. How Bye-bye. would you? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Stephanie, how would you make it at home? So you, it's really, really easy. You guys, it's literally big piece. You just take your chicken and you pound you, it out you with pound your rolling pan. Plop, 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 yep. plop, plop. Yep. Between two pieces of, you know, parchment paper or you use plastic wrap, or whatever. black bag. And then you, what I did was I took, um, I took the, my favorite butter, like Kerrygold, really yeah. good butter. And I softened it a little bit and then I, and then I mashed in a bunch of herbs and garlic in there. Just, you know, and then you make the compound butter. You roll that and, and kind of into a log and then you basically stick it in the fridge, you know, and yep. cool it down a little bit so that it gets real, real cold. And then you basically, once that's out, your and your chicken is kind of long and flat, you take, um, you get a slices of the butter, very cold, like sort of long chops of it, like sticks almost of your butter. And then you put it in the middle of the chicken and you roll your chicken paillard, which is, that's what you know the French call the flat chicken. You pull it, you pull, you roll it around it. And then I froze it again. And then I stuck that in the freezer for a little bit, you know, so that it kind of sticks together and I, in plastic wrap. And then I basically ro- did the whole thing in panko. So then you do your egg wash, your flour, um, and then you do the panko or the flour, the egg wash, then the panko crusting. And then I just pan fried it and I did it like in like about two inches of olive oil, you know, and I rolled it around and I got it all brown and beautiful. Yum. Then you put it on your table and when you cut into it, it's magic. Butter and herbs just come flowing out of this crispy chicken. Oh, yum. I'm going to post good. a picture. I did take a picture of it. Okay. So I, I will post it and I'll post the recipe and maybe in what to cook. For all right. Me. And we've got a, uh, it's Sean or Susan. Susan, hold on. We'll get your call on the other side. We'll be right back.